Rising, rising, rising girls! Hello, dear listener. You're listening to our Rising Girls Global podcast. We are from Rising Girls Global, an initiative powered by the Orient UNESCO, created under the program Women at Dior. We would like to support young women aged 17 to 25 to land a job in one of five sectors business and finance, creative and arts, communications and PR, international and public affairs, and tech. In this podcast, we aspire to share inspirational stories from young women on their journey and amazing achievements on such a young age. You can be anything. There are a lot of choices and we are here for you. Today, we are meeting 25 years old Latvian Vilma, Rising Girls Global podcast host and the co-founder of this initiative. And as the last episode of the first season, we will finally listen to her inspirational story. Vilma is based in Paris and has been working in the public affairs at the OECD, Policy, Internet, Business and Industry Advisory Committee, and at the Embassy of Latvia in France. Vilma has obtained her bachelor's degree from Riga Stratton's University in the field of political science, specialized in European studies, and her master's degree from Inalco University in the field of international relations. Welcome, Vilma, and thank you for being our guest at today's Rising Girls podcast. Thank you very much, and thank you very much, Rising Girls, uh, my favorite and wonderful team. Thank you very much for insisting that I need to be the guest in the last episode of season one, because in the next season, we are going to change uh, the content and the structure of the uh, podcast. So stay tuned. And uh, thank you very much uh, for this opportunity. I'm so excited to be a guest today in my own podcast. Exactly. Well, I believe that our listeners are really excited to listen to your story because um, during the last 14 podcast episodes, you were the host, the host you are the founder, uh, so they will finally listen to you and finally the host becomes the guest. So let's start with the first question that I would like to ask you. Um, your bachelor's and master's degree are both specialized in political science. Uh, so was this field of studies your childhood dream? Uh, well, I would say that when I was a child, I wanted to become a doctor. Uh, I really liked uh, to go to Museum of uh, Medicine in, in Latvia, and I really liked studying uh, anatomy and, you know, uh, checking everything about uh, human's health. And I really wanted to become a doctor, but it really changed uh, later years on because once uh, I understood that I can't stand Uh, all the pictures uh, related to surgeries and blood, uh, which was a surprise of me because I was really interested in this uh, topic. So, and uh, at the same time, uh, around the same time, I would say, uh, I was like uh, 12, 13, or even a bit younger. I started to study uh, other languages uh, besides uh, Latvian, uh, English, and Russian. I started to study uh, French language. And here I need to say thank you, mom and dad, who encouraged me to study as many languages as I can. 
And uh, I also uh, became uh, interested in uh, European affairs uh, when uh, I was like 13, 14 years old. Uh, we had um, a school excursion. We were going to the EU house in, in Latvia, in Riga. Uh, we were having a class there about uh, European affairs. And I got very inspired and it really became an interest of mine. And, uh, and also, uh, in, in the later years, uh, for instance, when I was 15 and 16, I, I was doing job shadowing days, uh, in, um, in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Latvia and also, um, in the, in the office of Latvian presidency in the EU Council. Uh, so, uh, it just, uh, made me, uh, even more interested in politics and international affairs. I am at the right people at the right moment who gave me the best advice possible. And uh, when I had to, to choose, uh, my high school, I was already, uh, sure that I would love to specialize myself in, uh, in international affairs and commercial diplomacy. And, um, and that's how it started because uh, when I had to choose my university track, I already knew what I'm going to study. Okay, I hesitated a bit uh, among uh, political science, um, international re uh, relations, European affairs, uh, translation, journalism. But at the end, uh, talking to many people and uh, considering many options, I decided that I'm going to study political science, uh, and uh, more specifically, those were European uh, studies during my undergraduate. Uh. Such an interesting story. Actually, from medicine to European affairs, it's such a big change. Uh, and actually, you were uh, only 15 years old when you decided that you want to study political sciences. And um, I believe, from my experience, that uh, many people uh, choose um, communication studies or journalism as their bachelor's degree. And then as a master's, they change to political studies because in such a young age, um, many children do not uh, think that maybe career into politics um, would be possible and easy for them to follow. Um, so it's uh, really interesting that uh, from such a young age, you decided that you want to be engaged with politics and with um, European affairs. Uh, and um, I've also noticed, I also know actually, that um, you have decided to leave Latvia and move and live in Paris. As it were, many young women would love to move in. Um, how did that happen? How did you come to that decision to move to Paris? Uh, so basically, I was studying French since I was 11 years old or 12, I guess. And uh, I did my Erasmus exchange semester in Toulouse in uh, south of France in 2019. It was during my second year of, uh, of undergraduate studies. And uh, I really enjoy the education system in France, all the university life. And, um, and I knew that I would like to uh, to study uh, my master's abroad, uh, to have uh, more uh, knowledge, to have a broader knowledge about uh, international relations, about uh, different uh, topics related to politics. 
and um, and that's how I uh, I wanted uh, to to go to France. And also, there was a very crucial aspect that um, I got a scholarship from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of France uh, that uh, made my choice uh, easier. And um, and uh, and because uh, of also the financial uh, help uh, from from the scholarship, I knew that uh, I could uh, afford uh, to. Uh, to study in France and uh, how I chose uh, Paris uh, because I was also uh, doing my internship in the embassy of Latvia in Paris after my Erasmus exchange semester. I really liked living in Toulouse, but uh, for me, it was a city that is a bit landlocked. And uh, also, uh, there are many, many other Uh, interesting opportunities in Paris or in Strasbourg for international relations. And as Paris is the capital uh, city of France, uh, there are so many opportunities uh, related to international affairs. There are also uh, many international organizations located there. And uh, I thought that Paris could be uh, could be a nice uh, option to have. Amazing. Um, I'm pretty sure that many listeners would love to know how does it feel to live and work in Paris? Um, is your everyday job life really demanding? You have time to... Uh, well... <laughs> well, I would say that I could script my own Vilma in Paris series, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I would say that... Uh, Living and working in Paris is demanding, yes. And living in Paris is never, ever boring. You never get bored. Uh, you have always so many things to do, so many activities, so many uh, museums to explore, so many places to see. After two and a half years, I can tell you that there are so many things I haven't seen in Paris and so many um, activities on my to-do list. And I can tell you uh, that... Uh, The work life is very demanding in Paris. Uh, there is a pretty high competition among uh, professionals in, uh, in different fields, not only in international affairs, but also in business and consulting, in art, I would say everywhere. And people are working very hard. Um, there are very long uh, job hours. French people, uh, especially in France, in Paris, um, People uh, are starting to work a bit later than, for instance, in, in Nordic countries, Germany, Japan. Uh, I would say that uh, in most of the cases, people uh, start their working days at 9, 9.30. Uh, meanwhile, uh, in other countries, it's more 8, 8.39. So, um, so yeah, but most of uh, people are working very hard and uh, the job hours are pretty long. Oh, I see. Uh, could you describe us your everyday tasks you have had in your previous job experiences? Uh, I would say that uh, my previous job experiences are, are related to diplomacy, uh, working in international organization, working lobbying, and, um, and I would say that... Uh, In all uh, those uh, places where I have had my uh, job experience, it is mostly related to um, uh, to drafting, to drafting different papers, uh, 
to to draft, um, for instance, uh, diplomatic letters. Uh, also, it has been related to event organization, lots of correspondence, coordination, uh, research as well. I would say that uh, in international affairs, you're researching uh, a lot in general and um, Yeah, sometimes I also have had different uh, tasks related to communications. Uh, but I would say that uh, definitely first and foremost, I have drafted so many documents, different policy papers, summaries, um, uh, and, uh, and so on. So I would say that mostly it's related to uh, communications, negotiation, and also uh, drafting different papers. And of course, uh, drafting different policy papers, position papers, summaries, everything includes uh, analysis and research. Also, more and more, it uh, includes a lot of programming, for instance, uh, while using uh, programming R or SQL. Oh, I see. So it's really demanding and you actually have to be really detailed and uh, really careful because you have to do with uh, important documents. Um, so you have to put a lot of effort on that. And it's not, I imagine that it's not so creative, but you have to follow some principles and be really specific. Um, am I right? I would say that the job in international affairs is definitely very creative, but in its own way of creativity, uh, because, of course, we need to be very specific, strict, deal with governments. Uh, in most of the cases, it's not our own imagination or creativity, uh, for instance, as in art, but you still need to find, uh, for instance, ways how to persuade your um, your uh, other party uh, in the negotiation process. You need to find more ways. You need to know uh, how to persuade with your uh, position paper um, the, uh, the exact uh, stakeholder uh, to take uh, into account your opinion. And uh, of course, while drafting papers, you need to be very creative while using your uh, language skills. Uh, I would say that, um, that the work in uh, international affairs is very creative, but in its own way. So for a girl who would love to follow a career in politics and public affairs, um, which do you assume from your experience that are the necessary skills that someone needs to have in order to pursue a successful career in international affairs? Uh, I would say uh, it is definitely research. And uh, this uh, is the uh, skill that everyone who has studied political science, international relations, Uh, they definitely have this skill because we are researching a lot during our studies. Then it is, of course, about writing. Uh, I have uh, written so many essays, so many uh, research papers uh, during my uh, university studies in Latvian, in English, in French. And uh, I can tell you that uh, writing really, really, really helps later Uh, in, um, in, the, in the daily tasks uh, in international affairs. Also, it's definitely critical thinking, media literacy, and of course, 
languages without knowing uh, at least um, three, four languages in international relations. It is possible to work, yes, but the more languages you know, uh, and especially above uh, B1 level, it is even better for you because, uh, for instance, if a person is specialized in um, in a specific region, for instance, um, for instance, Middle East, and if the if this person speaks Arabic, um, he or she has uh, more opportunities to do better quality of research, to access uh, documents in original language, to understand the news better. So definitely languages, um, that's one of the most uh, important skills. Also, as previously mentioned, those are technical skills. If you know, for instance, programming R, SQL, uh, of course, it will help you, especially if you're a policy analyst. But yes, uh, nowadays, even in, uh, in international affairs, it is no secret that technical skills, programming skills are in very high demand. See, so someone who knows um, more than three languages has a huge advantage in order to research. That's something that I would I couldn't uh, expect. I thought that um, you need to know um, to have a good knowledge of um, languages in public affairs for communicating, but I hadn't thought that you also need them in order to research. You're right. That, that's really important. Um, and um, could you tell us uh, from your experience till now, um, which are some possible um, role, job role options that uh, someone could have after receiving um, a degree in international affairs? I would say that everything depends uh, what uh, this person uh, wants to do. Uh, because there are so many uh, job opportunities. For instance, a person can work in uh, diplomacy, uh, can work in international affairs, can work in lobbying, also in the private sector and work for governmental affairs from the from the enterprise side. Also, it's a work in NGOs and um, and also of course and also of course it's uh, research in different research centers, think tanks. Um, and yeah, so everything depends uh, what uh, a person wants. And I think that the best uh, option, how to uh, how to understand it, it's definitely to do internships, to do research papers on uh, different tasks during studies. So the person can understand better what uh, what he or she wants. Really interesting. Uh, so you mean that public affairs uh, degree could also be combined, for example, um, in the communication sector. Someone with a degree in the public relations um, in the public affairs could also work in the communications field. Uh, I would say that uh, that it could be possible, yes, because public affairs and, com and communication sometimes are pretty linked. Uh, to each other. So yes, also there are many, uh, let's say, options um, and combinations what I have seen in, uh, uh, in, uh, in people's profiles when it comes to international affairs. Uh, for instance, uh, someone has uh, had their uh, 
uh, undergraduate uh, degree in languages, then master's in, in international affairs or international development, uh, business combined to political science. Uh, there are very, very many options and also uh, journalism and political science uh, is one of them. Really interesting. Uh, that's really interesting because my um, first degree is also in languages and I hadn't thought that I could also combine it with a master's in public affairs. I didn't know that um, knowing, having a good knowledge of, of foreign languages is so important in this field, in the public affairs field. Now let's discuss about your rising girl's journey. Um, how did it all start? Did, you, did your university recommend the UNESCO and the OR initiative? Um, it all started in December 2021 when I applied for Women at Dior program. And a couple of year, uh, days later, not years, a couple of days later, um, I received a call from uh, Dior HR uh, who uh, interviewed me and asked me for my motivation, why I would like to, to join the program and what I'm doing now. It was definitely not my university uh, who recommended it because my university was not partnering with this program. And, um, and uh, yes, it, uh, it started in, at the end of 2021. Uh, in March 2022, no, I think it was February 2022, I received the confirmation that I have been accepted. And in October last year, um, I got a wonderful message from Salma, who is our Rising Girls uh, business uh, strategist. Hi, Salma. <laughs> uh, she wrote me on LinkedIn and, uh, and she asked uh, if I have already my group for my Dream for Change project. And no, I did not have uh, any group uh, at that time. So um, she asked uh, me if I want to have a call with her. Uh, there are already three girls in her group and they have already um, started to develop one idea related to education. And I was very curious. Then I joined the meeting and I was so happy and so thankful for, for the fact that Salma wrote me on LinkedIn. Because uh, I really, <laughs> because uh, I really, really um, wanted to do something similar that I had already uh, idea in my mind that I would like to have my project about career development, uh, but uh, that that was it. I only had the initial initial idea and uh, the second uh, reason why I was so happy because I had immediate connection with uh, all girls that were already in the team. So um, I'm super happy about that. And uh, and I'm super thankful that we have created Rising Girls at uh, the end of October. Amazing. We are also really lucky to have you. And uh, I agree, we, we all have a really good connection with each other. Um, otherwise, it couldn't uh, happen to create all this um, amazing uh, stuff and uh, this great initiative. Um, so Wilma, in Rising Girls, um, you're the founder and host of Rising Girls podcast episodes, as our listeners already know. So after these 14 successful podcast episodes, what have you learned from all these inspiring women that were your guests? 
Yeah, it has been really an honor and a pleasure to host all of these 14 episodes. And I have learned so much from all these younger women who have joined my uh, podcast. Uh, thank you very, very much. And uh, what I have learned from uh, them, I think that to have success, you need to be very brave and use every opportunity you have and then everything is possible because when you're humble, you're brave and you're not scared from what will happen next, you have amazing opportunities to come. You're right. Which career advice would you give to your younger self? Um, be humble, be brave and network more. <laughs> I agree. This is exactly what I would also give to myself. <laughs> Uh, so, so much, Vilma. It was really nice to have a chat with you and listen to your inspirational story. Thank you very much. It was such a pleasure to be here as a guest. And uh, it is so nice to be a guest in the podcast. Absolutely love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Vilma. Thank you for listening to Rising Girls Global Podcast, hosted by me, Rania Teljani. Today's episode was written, researched, and edited by me, Rania. Design for the podcast was made by Elvira Manik. Rising Girls voiced by Martin Rinek. Thank you very much for being with us in the first season of the podcast. Rising, rising, rising girls. <laughs>